Hello and welcome to the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast. This is The Fly, the 1986 David Cronenberg, Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis film. Uh, which is not even close to 1930s, but that's okay. We've covered this. It kind of is. There was a version of The Fly made a while ago. In the 50s. That's closer to the thir- 1930s, though. Yes, 80, the 50s are, are close to the 80 minus 50 is 30. I'm just saying. Do the math. That's, that. Follow the numbers. It works. Okay. Yeah. Numbers don't lie, dude. That's what they exist Num- for. Numbers literally do not lie. They can't. They're incapable of it. Of course, people can interpret numbers in, in wildly inaccurate ways. People can lie, yes, but numbers can't. Or, or, or irrelevant ways, in this case. Numbers can't lie. I'm just, re- I'm just report- I'm reporting the facts here. So, uh, The Fly is another David Cronenberg film. Yes. Um, in the vein of the previously covered Videodrome. This movie is a little grosser than Videodrome. Yeah, a little bit grosser. Which, which is weird because this is the this is the major studio release. Yeah, this- Videodrome Videodrome is the is the independent film. Yeah, and this is like the yeah the more po- the more popular, mo- like Cronenberg movie. Hmm. This is the, well, this is his big budget movie. This is the only one he ever made, I believe. Yeah, and this is his like, and this one's like gross in like over the top ways, but also in like the most unsettling kind of ways. Yes, this is a, this is a very disturbing movie, body body horror wise, I think. It has both of the worst things. It has teeth and nails, which is like the two worst things put, teeth and nails. put together in the same movie. Hmm. I don't like teeth. I don't like nails. I like, I like them sticking where they belong. And I don't want to see someone take them out, you know? Well, then you've come to the wrong place. <laughs> Especially not like peel them out, you know? Yeah, I can't remember his finger, what happens to his finger. I mean, I'm assuming they just fall out or something, but I remember losing some teeth. I feel like I have this, like in my memory of him like peeling them off. It's probable. It's probable. So uh, just to recap the plot real briefly. If you somehow don't know it. Uh, Jeff Goldblum plays Seth Brundle, who has developed a teleportation system. And he invites a, uh, a reporter played by Gina Davis, back to his um, laboratory. Fat warehouse. Warehouse laboratory. And uh, shows her. And her being a journalist, she wants to publish them. And he, uh, realizing his mistake, trades her exclusives for the exclusive for later in order to keep it silent now. Um, uh, he's, he's obsessed with teleporting living things which he hasn't been able to do yet uh, they have sex and it seems to somehow trigger an understanding of flesh inside of him and he learns how to teleport living things tests it on himself uh, oh there's a fly in there oops <laughs> the, the, he's re- recombinated with a fly and uh, it begins to turn into a fly man first, first he's super happy about it because he's like uh, I'm buff. Incredibly, yeah, a buff fly man. More man than fly. Then he's unhappy about it because he, because he can, becomes kind of more fly than man. Or no, he's like accepting of it. 
Yeah, he never really, he never really he's, uh, seems he's disturbed by it. Kind of rolls with it, you know. Like this is his new yeah. life. He's Brundlefly now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the his, his deterioration from human to fly is the uh, disturbing part. You know, he uh, starts out with just those sweet fly hairs on his back, and then soon he has to puke milk all over things to uh, eat them. Vomit, vomit acid milk. Yeah. To make them digest, you can't because you can't chew them because he has no more teeth. Right, his teeth all fall out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Keeps little parts of himself in a little museum. It's <laughs> like his medicine cabinet. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. Yep, his uh, natural history of Brundle. You got to remember. You got to remember where you came from. You know. Yep. And uh, uh, Gina Davis's character realizes that she was pregnant. Uh, has a pretty disturbing nightmare of giving birth to a maggot. Yeah. Brundle kidnaps Gina Davis, brings her back to the laboratory, and tries, and then eventually comes up with some plan to uh, tell, put the three of them in the teleporters and then teleport them all together so they become one monster person, I guess. One family, you mean? Yeah, one one perfect family. Fused together for life. Yep. Uh, that's when uh, she she accidentally knocks his face off, which is pretty gross. Yeah, and it's just just a fly face under there. Um, he also uh, her old boyfriend shows up at some point. He's been in the whole movie, but he tries to help her, and uh, he uh, gets his hand and uh, ankle got the acid milk on it. Yeah, it gets all nice, ready to be eaten. Yeah, ready to be sucked up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, he even despite his uh, crippling injury, he managed to shotgun one of the telepods, and uh, somehow Brundle Fly ends up fused with part of his own telepod, and becomes a bigger mess. Yep, real big mess. And then she gets shot in the face by uh, Gina Davis. And no more Brundle Fly. And no more Brundle Fly. Death to Brundle Fly. Long live the new Brundle Fly. <laughs> I didn't realize that this kind of has like this some of the same like setup as Videodrome, where it's like man singularly obsessed with bizarre concept, and then there's like a woman reporter too. Who's, oh yeah, yeah. I guess this is like the Nikki Brand or whatever. Yeah. And then there's a whole, and then you know, I guess the body horror is just kind of natural to David Cronenberg. But then you know, I just thought that was a weird similarity. I don't know if that was intentional or it just kind of happened that way. It probably just kind of happened that way. I mean, he probably. I think thematically he's probably pretty hung up on these certain themes, but like the the symmetrical plots, I don't, I don't think that's probably not probably not intentional. He's just like we've got this weirdo obsessed with this very specific thing. How do we get someone to actually interact with them? Who would want to talk to these people? I guess a reporter because they're doing weirdo cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it is. I mean, I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry now, and I guess the original draft was uh pretty much pretty well it seems pretty close to the uh, original version of the fly and uh, it was Cronenberg who's turned to who rewrote it and made it so that it was a a uh, reporter and not a wife etc oh so maybe I don't know yeah I guess you're probably right or maybe he just wants to redo the same thing over and over again until he's finished exploring his thing yeah he's gotta get it perfect Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah, you. I. You, I assume you haven't seen the original Fly. I have not. Oh, you should. You should probably watch that at some point. It's actually very good. Okay. Uh, not not as recommended as uh, Return of the Fly. That one's not as good. Okay, I like said not as recommended as in that one's better. Uh, I don't know if I said it correctly, but do, I don't recommend recommend watching Return of the Fly. Okay, watching Return of the Fly rather. Uh, I have, there's also a sequel to this movie too. I haven't seen that with Eric Stoltz. I haven't either. I mean, I can ima- I can't imagine. It's like I just imagine it's just someone completely different making it, only because it's a big studio movie. Yeah, no, Cronenberg doesn't make it, but it is a, it is a sequel. It's uh, Jeff Goldblum's son. Oh, the maggot. Yeah, the maggot. But he, uh, I think he gets rapid aged or whatever because he's a fly person. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't know. Oh. Seen it. Oh, there's also beginning of March 2015 a five issue comic book miniseries. Awesome! It's a direct Star. sequel to The Fly Two, <laughs> and it's about uh, Seth Brendel's friend, son, three generations of the Fly. Well, I think that The Fly Two is actually not poorly regarded among a certain type of movie fan. Yeah, it's. I think it's much more of a conventional gross-out monster movie type movie than The Fly is. Okay. Not that the fly is not a gross out monster movie. No, it definitely like is. It's, a, it's got the it's got the thin veneer of art, artist artistry on it. Right, yeah. Cronenberg has a very specific kind of gross out. Yeah, he has a gross out that his, the gross out isn't for gr- the sake of its own gross out, you know. Right. A woman having a maggot baby is meant to you know show something about that character and her own fears. It kind of, you know, it's a gross version of her anxieties. Right. It's not just gross because it can be gross. What I'm saying is he makes a very deliberate grossness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, maybe, that is, maybe that is a good way to put it. The, the distinction is that Cronenberg's, uh, Cronenberg's aesthetic is more, a lot more deliberate than uh, Stuart Gordon or whoever. Yeah, well, like when Brendelfly's head splitting open, that's his final transformation. From there goes the rest of the Brundle. He's all fly now, or all Brendelfly now. Right. It's you know because the face is like the last vestige of his humanity, kind of like right. peeling off. It just falls off like a bunch of dumb, bunch of dumb parts, <laughs> a bunch of dumb pudding around the floor. Yeah. yeah so it's. I didn't think of a. I had like the side of a way to like phrase Cronenberg grossness and how I like find it distinct from other just general grossness mm-hmm. and I guess that was it that's me I found the wording for it you did it I found it you so, have beaten I solved that own personal person. puzzle of my own I think that's important I'm not like I'm not one for general grossness you gotta have some heart behind heart behind you like heart being ripped open you know it's gotta have some purpose to it yeah it, you can rip someone's heart up but it's gotta mean something exactly uh-huh. I gotcha. It's gotta, I'm with you. It's, it's got to be packed with ennui, you know, not just blood. You know, the heart is mostly blood. I think it actually contains very little ennui. <laughs> I think it contains a lot of ennui. I think that's like the heart. I think that's the ennui center of the body, though. Uh-huh, yeah. Maybe. So this is a film. It is a movie, I liked yeah. It. yeah I, like a, I, I like this movie a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it is very... I mean, we joke, but it is it's very... Uh, it definitely says something. 
It definitely, it definitely is a uh, above average horror movie, and it's because above average because of the way it. Uh, it's as unsettling in the quiet in, in the quieter moments as it is in the uh, when Brundlefly's face is falling off. I guess. Yeah, I think it. This is like a sort of like you know if you boil down to like horror movie, this is like one of those transformation horror movies where someone's slowly turning into a monster. Sure. But it because it's so like literally focused on it's like so focused on these two characters. Yep. You know, someone going through it and someone experiencing the transformation. Yeah. You get a lot more like nuanced. They're more nuanced like take on what's going on because you're not like cutting to like police reporters and like oh what's going on here oh it looks like a Brundlefly attack hmm we better catch this Brundlefly you have to spend 20 minutes with that 30 minutes with Uno O'Connor yelling about something and then just like so you have this very focused like oh he's kind of getting okay with it it was bad at first but look how great I am you know as like the transformation victim usually is where they're kind of like I'm into this now this is kind of my life I'm alright with this yeah (laughs) But then the person on the outside is like, horse, a lot of some of her horrors are just her own. It's not just like horrors in reaction to him. It's like, yeah. oh, well, th- this is part of my life now. How do I have to deal with this in terms of like, oh, this is, I got to deal with this now. This is a lot of issues on top of me. Not just, look at Brundlefly. He is gross. Uh, why is this gross dude here? Right. Yeah. I mean, Definitely, um, her the the presence of a character to uh, sort of experience it for us is is what makes this movie interesting. More interesting than Wolfman or something like that. Yeah, and she's experiencing. Yeah, it, to, to her own her own thing and yeah, what uh, what he's going like, like literally witnessing him transform into a monster and then her uh, turmoil, her private turmoil over that. I suppose. And it also has her like still viewing him as like a human turning into a monster. Yeah. And then just he is a monster. Or he's a human. Yeah, he she def- she hesitates, I believe, at the end when he's got the he's fused with a piece of metal and he's trying to die. Yeah. And she's got the opportunity to kill him. She doesn't she almost doesn't want to for a moment. Because she's still like a person. He's not Yeah, he he she remembers the person who was under the fly. Under the, the new... brundle. The brundle of the flutter. <laughs> the brundle of the butterfly. <laughs> brundle Brundlefly. Yes. I really like that term a lot. Brundlefly? Brundlefly. Why? Uh, something about, like, his, like, that's like, yeah, this is my new name now, this is my new me, is Brundlefly. I just also like the way it sounds. It sounds like what it is. I agree. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I mean, I could imagine it being some sort of tropical fly. I mean, it could be. I mean, he is kind of a tropical fly. If <laughs> Brundle mm. seems like the kind of guy who, on the right day, might wear Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, that's no. Well, he only has one outfit. Right, but I mean, if he had two. Right. I imagine his, other outfit, his Sunday outfit might be a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, I'm saying <laughs> some cargo shorts. It wouldn't be surprised. It would not surprise me. A little trip to Margaritaville for the Brundle fly. <laughs> exactly. It's, can I, excuse me. Can I get this? Margarita with some extra milk acid? Thanks. Yeah. Do you mind if I dribble dribble all over this uh, fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lovely. Excuse me, please. I'm gonna need to, I'll take all my fish in a bowl, thank you very much. Keeps <laughs> the milk under control. <laughs> <laughs> what an attractive noise. 
Ah, shit. Spitting all over. Wouldn't it be great if everyone did that all the time? <laughs> it's like. For no reason. Just on all of our food, yeah. Well, on your food, sure, but just on the street. I mean, no. What would you need to digest on the street? Well, you don't need to digest anything. You just want to. That's just gross. gross. Okay, that's just being gross. <laughs> so dribble some milk on the street. That's pretty much like eating like a hamburger off the side of the street, which is gross. Only gross people would do that. We people would do that, yes, but we would look at them and like, yeah, you're being really gross. Not gonna. Well, I'm not saying you pick. I'm not saying you you scrabble around in the dirt for some melted down street. <laughs> well, then why are you doing it? Just for style points. <laughs> people who spit on the street are gross. Well, suit yourself. I will. I will spit in the privacy of my own home or restaurant, or while I'm out <laughs> with a corn dog. If that dribble- you, gotta, you first of all, you don't have your own restaurant. Second of all. I didn't say my restaurant, it's a restaurant. But yes. <laughs> and if some of my corn dog dribble happens to get on the sidewalk, that would be socially acceptable. Yeah, and the, the makeup in this is, is pretty good, too. Yeah. I, so I feel like I'm coming to this knowing that, but I guess people listening wouldn't necessarily know that, like, Cronenberg is a lot of, like, practical effects and, like, real makeup. Yeah, I mean, this movie's old enough where it wouldn't have been CGI probably anyway. Yeah, or if it did, it looked would have looked pretty bad. Yeah, for sure. And practical effects have like a speci- very specific kind of like grossness to them. Yeah, that the tactile, the tactile. Yeah, it's like oh, because you can touch it, it can like ooze in weird ways. It's, it's, it's an extra special grossness that we've lost. I guess uh, they specifically made the fly asymmetrical and diseased looking. Asymmetrical is extra gross looking. Yeah, and they did it so that because um, to reflect the fact that he's not a whole or complete organism, that he's some sort of unhealthy mutant. It's kind of halfway between Brundle and Fly. Right. Do they? Is there really like a um? How? I'm trying to think of like modern practical effects and there really aren't any like like the last champion of that was like del toro right like the Benicio del toro yeah like, like no no not Benicio. guillermo <laughs> uh well does he use practical effects i, think... I mean Hell- hellboy has practical effects i guess yeah i mean practical effects in like the costuming yeah he did sure him and doug jones are good friends mm-hmm. yeah i guess that's true i mean so so yeah he he does that I was gonna. I mean, I had an earlier example of the Coppola Dracula, yeah, where they where they made every every effect, pretty much every effect in that is the same level of technology as, as Nosferatu, and that's like intentional. Because that's if I don't like. I wonder at this point if that costs more money or less money, or if just like the skill set has shifted, so it's easier. Like I guess it's easier and cheaper to hire people who can do computer effects because computer effects I can't imagine are cheaper. Well, they might be cheaper. Yeah. I mean, to th- if you think about it, you don't need anyone to construct anything. Sure, but this well, you need people to digitally construct things. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose it's more it's more shifted on labor than parts in labor. There's fewer mm-hmm. parts, but like, I don't know how much those parts would have cost. All that that's true. I guess all that rubber and goo. How much? Mi- yeah. How, I mean, how much is the milk really? Yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm not quite. I'm not quite. I, I guess I don't really know which is more. It, but it does seem like you would think if it's not a matter of. of um, Expense. It's at least a matter of the prevailing aesthetic is that they want to do yeah. computer generated things, and I, I think 
a lot of people would say that it looks better computer generated. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I would say that. I think it depends, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's like a right or wrong way. I mean, obviously, I have a, I have an affection for practical effects, but that's just because I'm sort of like, I don't know, a ludite, I guess. Yeah, it's a, like, it's also like I think a different skill set mm-hmm. in like designing something digitally as opposed to just designing something like that you have to actually make in the physical yeah. world. You can't probably like cheat in a little places that you could digitally. Where you're like, oh, I can make some things that I probably couldn't make. Like things are too, too small or too complicated. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Yeah, there really isn't. There's no like limit. Um, there's no like construction limitations to a computer. Yeah, like you can just do whatever you want. Like literally whatever you want. Whereas you're bound by available materials and craftsmen and things like that. We should. We could just use them both. Yeah, for sure. Because I think well, I, there's definitely a place for practical effects, and that's in just, making gross stuff. Yeah, this movie was would be would, would be much worse if the effects were done uh, digitally. Yeah, there's. I mean, good. I was just saying, there's a special grossness to practical effects. Yeah, like you were saying before, and goo coming through rubber, you know. Yeah, which is kind of gross on its own. Yeah, rubber. I mean. And goo. Yeah, and goo. <laughs> the two combined. Yeah, creates a super gross thing. An extra gross thing, if you will. Yeah. A brundle fly. A brundle fly. <sighs> brundle fly of effects. Cause you, so, that's why they don't mix them, because they don't want to wind up with this like, a brundle fly looking thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I suppose. You don't want to lay your practical on top of digital, because then it'll just look super weird, maybe. Yeah, like all un- asymmetrical and yeah. monstrous. And it's face falling off. Just spitting unhealthy. Yeah. Just spitting acid milk everywhere. Yeah. Just dribbling some delicious milk out of your mouth. Gotta eat gotta eat somehow. Everyone's gotta eat, you know? I mean that's actually how I usually eat my bread and stuff in the morning. Yeah. I drink some milk out I just spit it all over the bread. It's twenty fifteen. You do you I mash it up <laughs> I mash it up in my face. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it all up. Yeah. With your little Well no, first I just smash my forehead into the bread and the milk to make it sure it's all nice and right. Then you just take out your little like your little sucker and you go proboscis yeah that guy you know yeah. the sucker the fly sucker <laughs> okay the fly sucker well first you do like a little like yeah kind of like I gotta rub my hands you gotta again. rub your palms together like satisfaction yeah I gotta eat this yeah. soon mm. this is happening I'm looking forward to this meal <laughs> which everyone knows that's what flies are doing when they do that yeah they're like so satisfied they're working themselves into a satisfied frenzy <laughs> what do you think humans got that like Habit, yeah, from watching the yeah. fly, not the movies, but like the creature itself. Like, oh, oh, that's what. He, what's he doing? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna eat too. This is great. <laughs> you and me too. You and me both, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing that's real. You didn't know flies were like a common pet back towards like the mid 1300s. I'm sure they were a common pet, but I don't know if it was intentional. <laughs> it's a common play companion. Yeah, I'm sure it's just like due to the general lack of soap. <laughs> it's like I got my new friend now. The un- unavailability of clean water. The abundance of corpses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those things are ideal for a fly pet situation. Pet fly situation, if you will. Fly pet situation is a little different. Yeah. Fly pet situation is the name of my Queens of the Stone Age cover band. That's a pretty good one, I guess. Yeah, sure. Why not? 
Have you ever seen the um, the Treehouse of Horror version of The Fly? No, I don't think so. I might have. Is it old or new? It's, an, it's definitely an older one because I've seen it like a bunch of times. Then I probably did see it, but I don't remember it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like this, but it goes a little different in that there ends up being so it's like Bart and a fly, but there mm-hmm. end up being two flies, one that has like a fly head with a Bart body, and one has a fly. Yeah, head. yeah, I remember that. I, I don't remember the specifics of, it, but I definitely remember that what you're saying. Okay, and that that's actually I think a reference to the fifty five fly because uh, a lot of that is just like a guy with a fly head and a fly hand. <laughs> Yeah, because the, pra- the practical effects weren't quite as good in 1955. I guess I'm not quite sure. Or maybe it was just a lack of imagination, or a desire not to fire at all the cylinders you could. Let's see. Yeah, I, I try to remember the exact the exact details of it. I think it just ends up where it's like he tries to tell everyone that he's a fly, and the fly is him, and then they like kind of accept the fly for who he is, you know? Yeah, they, the brundle fly type thing. The brundle fly is like, "Hey, come eat the, a- come eat the table. <laughs> Spit your acid milk on these on this yeah. on your cereal." This is, that is actually what happens in that episode, isn't it? Yeah, like that's. How it, I think at the end, I remember him at the end, like sitting at the table, like spitting his stuff on something. Yeah, on the table. Yeah, his, his delicious milk. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all I have to say about the fly. All right. I don't that is a lot to say about the fly. I don't think I have any. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Uh, I do, like I said, I do also like the Fifty Five Fly. Yeah, I think, those, I think those are both good movies, and they're actually not that different. The things that the things that are unsettling in the Fifty Five Fly are also the things that are unsettling in the Nineteen Eighty Six Fly. But just in they different just, different yeah, delivery methods. Definitely different delivery methods for sure, and it's sort of dial up to eleven in the case of the Nineteen Eighty Six one, which I guess you would expect. Um, so yeah I'm going to read the outro now okay thanks for listening to the goldenagehorror.com podcast you can visit our website for more information articles and show notes uh, check out ebook on Amazon all God this year if you liked the podcast leave us a rating or review or iTunes rating or review on iTunes if you don't want to miss an episode join our mailing list at goldenagehorror.com or like us at facebook.com slash all God this year you can follow me on twitter at the water method or andrew at pizza pranks andrew's website is pizzapranks.com theme music Swan Lake Dub by Dubology next week. Who knows? End. Yeah, bam. Start it.